Stefano Sensi, goal! Wonderful efforts, Monza are ahead in the 34th minute. An absolute belter of a free kick. Hello and welcome back to Say Our Spotlight Season 2, Episode 7. We're your hosts, Jake and Matt, here to take a look at Match Day 6 in Say Our. So as you heard from the intro, our goal of the week was Sensi's free kick against Lecce for Monza to take the lead. However, it was quite a tight one because Luis Alberto had a fantastic strike to the bottom corner. Dybala had a curler to the top corner and Samaridzic displayed some serious skill before curling the ball into the bottom corner as well. Honestly, it was so hard to pick this one, bro. Um, I was a big fan of Luis Alberto's goal, the way he played Ooh. the defender, like pulling it and dragging yeah, it back. Yeah. That was amazing. And last kick of the game. That yeah. On FIFA, you do it by holding L2, square X, or in your case, circle X, because you're weird. Ah, yes, because you do the shimmy with circle. Yeah, with square. Yeah. Ah, with um, square that's yeah. the Salberto's goal, literally okay. L2, square X. Like. Yeah, kind of, it's true. Uh, remember to follow us, guys, on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, rate us five stars wherever you listen. Uh, it really helps us out with the algorithm and all that. And send us voice notes, guys, with your hot takes and your opinions or just um, chatting about football. We might feature you. Yeah, last week we had Mintoff and my God, I'm so sorry. What's what's the Matthias, guy with Ma- Matthias? Apologies, Matthias. Um, we had their fantastic takes on both teams, and it's always different hearing them from genuine fans that follow the same team every week. We take a bit more of a a unique stance because we try to watch as much Serie as we can get. Um, but it's always different coming from someone that solely focuses on one club and can give you a full breakdown of one club. So if you're that guy, send us a voice note and we will be featuring you in one of our episodes. Yeah, I love these people. Like Matthias is a, is a Roma fan. Yeah. But he follows Empoli closely, you know. I know quite a few people like that. Like Mintoff primarily is a United fan. He's a United fan, fan But yeah. uh, he follows Sassuolo extremely closely. Speaking of Mintoff, brother, I have a surprise for you. Okay. Mintoff sent me a voice note the day after our last podcast was released. Uh-huh. And I've been holding it to show it to you at this moment. Oh my God. It's one minute long. Oh my God. Bro, I mean, I mean I'm still in 26 minutes of the podcast, but... Matt smoked some, I don't know, man, some crazy ass shit, the stuff he's saying right now. <laughs> Skorupski's second best goalkeeper in, in, in Italy. You got damn right. Overhand, Danovic, Chesney, uh, Silvestri. Uh, what? Juve don't get top four. What? I mean, Gvaracelia is very good, but amongst the best players in the world right now. Man, I forgot who there is in the world. <laughs> Alan, Bappe, Neymar, even fucking Muller is still insane. Sane and Mane, the things they did against Inter. Benzema, Allah, Haaland. Madonna, Santa, man. Mintoff is that one guy that definitely takes everything too literally. Eh? Mintoff's <laughs> like, <laughs> a fucking man, dude. <laughs> Look, but I have to say, I'm going to defend myself in, in two of those things. Number one? one, sure, yeah, he's, he's right. Guara isn't among one of the best players in the world. That's a bit of fun sensationalism, is what, <laughs> is what I fucking call it. I'm watching the guy every week. He fucking blows my mind. He may as well be up there. 
among the the best players well, in early, the world yeah, at the I moment. Mean, it's very early. It's very early. But Piontek would have had that shout, you know, when he was banging them in for Genoa every single game. Yeah, but I've only seen Gvara play six games now. He came from the back ass of nowhere. And suddenly he's ripping things yeah. apart. He's by far one of the best players in the league at the yeah, moment. And, and he could be, by the way, hot take, the first non-striker in Serie A to compete for top scorer in a while this year. Yeah, he might be competing true. for that. Um, we'll I think he's excellent. I think he'll eventually come back down to earth though. I think this was a very good start for him, of course, but I think ah, just as many you could tell, his touch is magic, man. The man, the man has the sauce in him. I, I don't think that's going anywhere. Um, and on another note, <laughs> Skorovsky is definitely better than Silvestri. <laughs> I'm not sure about that. Uh, Silvestri is very good. But let's, let's not get into this debate very, again. But you know. It is quite crazy to put Skorupski as the second best keeper in Serie I don't think so, because he's with Bologna and he can't No, it's just many factors, most. you know, oh, to take man. into consideration. Oh, what was the other thing he... He, um, he said something about Juve not getting top four, ah, but yes, that, I, I, said this, I said this could be the season that don't get top... The, the season that Juve don't get top four, but I never said they're not going to get top four. But anyway, guys, um, back to this. So Serie A spotlight slips. We have officially gone bust. I repeat, <laughs> we have officially gone bust. Our first bet, we made 50 euro. We were happy. We started big spending. It's like we've never done this before. And suddenly we have no money left from a 20 euro pot. Yeah, Jake? we're literally, we're, we're jinxing at this point. You know, we bet on Atalanta. They, they're having a great start. You know, they haven't lost the game. They always beat the minnow sides. Safe bet for them to beat Cremonese. No, nope. It's like Roma, street smart to beat Udinese or draw at worst, lose 4-0. Okay, Madonna. no problem. So we're bust, basically. Yeah. Are we going to put in another 20 euros, the question? Of course we are, bro. Goddamn right we are. Goddamn right. We're putting them all on one game next week. All no, on I'm one kidding. game. No, we'll, no, we'll, no, we'll discuss <laughs> that. Do that but yeah, we'll continue the series for sure. We'll just paint, paint the graphic red. <laughs> exactly. We'll see you guys next week with our predictions. Now, before we get into it, because we always forget to do this, I'm going to read the results for any of you commuting at the moment. Yes, who don't have time to listen to the full thing. Exactly. So the first match that we're covering, Sampdoria 1, Milan 2, followed by Inter 1, Torino 0. It was then Napoli that got, um, it was a close call against Spezia. They won 1-0. Salernitana held Juve in Turin. Um, Atalanta won, Cremonese won, as we were just discussing. Udinese keep their winning streak alive after beating Sassuolo 3-1 at the Mape. Lazio go 2-0 up against Verona. Roma beat Empoli away, two goals to one. Bologna get past Fiorentina on their first match under new management, two goals to one. And relegation battlers Lecce and Monza draw 1-1. So anything stood out for you, bro, this week before we get into the particulars? Oh, many things, man. Um, I don't want to, to be honest, start spitballing because we'll go off on a tangent and we'll mess up everything to be honest uh, <laughs> I think it's a good, good idea to take things one by one game by game <laughs> anything that stood out to you don't need to go into too much detail dog <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> write a poem about it like just 
What did you like about this week? A lot of nice What goals. What did I like about this week, bro? The yeah. drama, bro. That's what I liked mm. about this week. The fucking mm. drama. A lot of red faces. A lot of emotions, bro. A yeah. lot of emotions. So the, Milan, well. the Milan-Sampdoria game was extremely difficult. Rather, Sampdoria-Milan. The Juve game against Salernitano was a fucking masterpiece of a yeah, television. A lot of late goals, bro. Late the goals. controversy. Yeah, Brozovic's late goal. Raspadori's yeah. late Luis goal. Luis Alberto's late winner. This is culture. This is culture. But I have a fantastic week. Should we, without further ado, jump into our first match? Let's do this, boy. So the first match we're going to be covering is Sampdoria 1, AC Milan 2. It wasn't as easy as we would have predicted it to be. Um, so Sampdoria lined up in their 4-1-4-1 formation without Jella and Berezinski as the wingbacks. Jesus, I should probably start from the keeper. So there's Audero without Jella and Berezinski in the wingback positions. Murillo and Ferrari forming the two centre-backs. Villar in the holding midfield spot with Sabiri and Rincon ahead of him. Out wide, Juricic and Leris and Caputo up front. Milan in the classic 4-2-3-1 formation with Manian between the sticks, Calabria and Hernandez, the right back and left back, Kalulu and Kier replacing Tomori in the back line, Pobeg and Tonali in the double pivot, Messias, De Catellare, Leao with Giroud just ahead of them. So those are the lineups and it was quite an early start for Milan. They managed to get a goal in just six minutes. It was some great team play with a finish at the near post by Messias after a layoff by Leao. You can call it a layoff. Um, it was at the near post. Audero probably should have gotten to that. It's not the first time we're criticizing Audero at his near post. So, yeah, that happened to open the scoring in the sixth minute. And we're like, okay, going to be quite a chill one yeah. for Milan. This for once. They don't need to scrap to win a game. 17th minute, Leao yellow card. Very, very soft yellow card. 47th minute, second yellow for Leao for attempting an overhead kick and kicking Ferrari in the face. Uh, obviously, definitely a second yellow card. Milan down to 10 men and Leao misses the Napoli match next time round. 10 minutes later, in the 57th, Sampdoria capitalized from that and Juricic scored with a header at the near post after an Augello cross. Thankfully for Milan fans, 20, I mean, 10 minutes later after that, Milan were awarded a penalty after Villar handled the ball in the box, needed VAR. I don't believe any Milan players contested it. And then suddenly it's at VAR. Um, it, was, it wasn't a clear handball by Villar, but it was an extended hand. Giroud stepped up and converted. There was a red card for Leris, a second yellow card in the 95th, and I believe that was for complaining. <laughs> What did you make of this game, brother? A scrap and a half. Milan just managed to get away with three points from the spot. So the first thing I'd like to mention is that um, I wasn't too worried in the first half. Um, if you look at the statistics as well, Milan absolutely dominated up until the red card. Yeah. Um, they had nine shots. They had 57.9% ball possession. You know, things were going well. And even just by watching the game, you you kind of understood that Sampdoria weren't really going to cause that many problems with their with their slow attacking options, yeah. to be honest with mm. you, compared to, you know, like Kalulu and um, Teo, Calabria, they can all kind yeah. of keep up. But yeah, um, of course, Leao got his red card um, quite early on. Um, it was for an overhead kick, as you mentioned, kick yeah. the player in the face. Now, it might be harsh to call this naive, but I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> um, you have to be, I think, a little bit naive um, or impulsive, rather, to, to mm. attempt an overhead kick in a crowded area when you're on a yellow card. 
Mm. Especially when your team is leading, like there's no need. Yeah, he's a he's a young, flashy football player. There's there's not one situation in the world that he's not gonna try that yeah. day at the end of the day. I guess yeah, it's a bit, learning experience. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it has to happen eh, for him to learn from it. A little bit reckless, but at the end of the day, as a footballer, they mainly work off of instinct. They eh? sees the ball yeah. in that position. He's been practicing it. We know we he's know been practicing he's, it. He's got it in his locker. Yeah. Like, we've seen so many clips oh. of him nailing them and, in the when he hit the crossbar against Atletico, oh but it was God, offside. Bro. That was juicy, oh man. God. That was insane. Yeah, But um, uh, that put Milan under a lot of pressure. And of course, um, Sampdoria played quite a clever game after that, trying to overrun Milan. Um, yeah. Quite fortunate for Milan to get the, the penalty. Yeah. Again, no one appealed, as you said. And of course, Giroud, who's... I, I, I run out of superlatives for you, bro. <laughs> like he's... Honestly, man, he's the only striking option left. He's playing... Th- Twice a week, what yeah. twice a week he's playing right now? Literally three times a week at times. Just wait for the ninety minutes, like, back. and he's just playing and playing and playing. And he always gives it his all, man. Like, granted, he's immobile; he can't play him through, but he doesn't stop running, man. You know, yeah. agreed. No, he's 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 a superb player, man. Um, that wasn't the only thing. Obviously, the the play by play that I mentioned weren't the only happenings in the game. Um, there was Juricic that smacked the woodwork with an insane oh, yes. effort from outside the box, <laughs> a, a curling effort. It's good to see that Juricic still has it in him. It's bad to see that he has it in him against Milan. Yeah, and he's five nine and scoring headers against Milan. Yeah, <laughs> um, there was a great save by Aldera. I criticized Aldera, um for the goal that he let in for the Messias goal that he let in, but he did have a superb save. On Giroud at a point, oh, he was yeah. very well placed yeah. by that and he got down well. On the um, header, was it? Yeah, on the head. Um, was it a header? I think it was a header. He dropped down and like punched it out, no? Yeah, I can't I can't remember if it was a header or not. I just remember him getting yeah. down pretty well. Um, yeah, it was a header. It was a header. It must have been, yeah. Um, and then there was, in, in the Maltese, we would describe this as a Genata. <laughs> <laughs> it was absolute mayhem in the Milan box towards the last minutes. I was watching this game at a wedding um, on a betting application. I put, I put 250 on Milan to win so that I could be able to watch the game while drinking pina coladas at this wedding. No and I'm freaking out bro freaking out with Azelina singing like <laughs> what, what was, was he singing what was playing in the background while you were watching Mila um, plenty of room at the hotel he kept on putting this, this American accent he was going come on damn party people I'm like please do not refer to me as a party person I'm not coming down like <laughs> even if you he's Caputo <laughs> Yeah, amazing. Yeah, would you would you um how big of a win is this for Milan in hindsight when you look at the red card when you look at Atalanta and Napoli still remaining unbeaten how crucial were these three points for Milan? They were crucial, eh? especially when you look around Milan's direct rivals all got their three points, no? Yeah. So it was very important. Except Atalanta slipped up with sure, the Sure, but the, the projected top four, or at least our projected top four, mm. all got their three points. You have Napoli, you have Milan, you have Inter, and you have Roma. I know that's what we said at the beginning oh, of the season. Oh, where's Juve? Mintoff! <laughs> Mintoff! Juve drew. They should have got their three points as well. Let's, we'll get into that later on. <laughs> yeah. They got poor guys, man, honestly. there. But anyway. There, there was no particular individual brilliance eh, for Milan. It was more of a team effort to get these, to get these three points, and it's good to see. 
Exactly. No one really stepped up, as you said, like the star players, like Leao mm. and um, Theo Hernandez. You know yeah. the guys. Bobega was pretty good at midfield. That's what I was gonna say. Um, the guys who had to step up stepped up. You know what I mean? Like the old reliables, like stepped yeah. up. Yeah. Like like Calabria had a fucking amazing Oof. game. Very good game. You know, um, Pierre was good. I thought Tonali was okay again. Good good performance. He had a moment. You know where he ran the full length of the pitch and pretended to clear mm. it and then kept yeah. it on the line. Yeah. You know, yeah. Amazing. And um, I thought that uh, Pobega, as you said, had a very, very good game. I thought it was amazing. He released quickly. That was one of the things mm. I was worried when, when I'd see him, like he'd keep the ball for too long, take an extra touch. Yeah, yeah, He was yeah. releasing really well this game. I think a bit of continuity for him would, would be great. For sure. Um, you mentioned that Theo had a good game. I think he he was very good. Um, mm. I did notice Sampa attacking down the right. Mm-hmm. quite a bit which could be as a result of, of Theo getting forward especially in Leao's absence yeah. um, especially when, when switching to a 3-5 the 3-5-2 um, was it a 3-5-2 that Milan switched they switched to a 3 at the back yeah at, I think it was at, like a 3-5-1 <laughs> yeah at, at Oh yeah, of course, because of the because of the red cards, it's like a three-five-one, um, and Theo was going forward a lot, so we saw Samdoya coming down the right. Um, but other than that, like you said, um, Milan did a, a great job at maintaining the two-one until the final whistle. We know Samdoya were knocking, mm-hmm. and subsequently they are now in third place, level on points with Napoli and Atalanta, and Milan with plus six, Atalanta with plus seven, and Napoli with plus nine. Sampdoria. On the other hand, 19th place, relegation zone, just on two points in six matches. Yep, and that's what you get when you hire John Paolo. <laughs> Literally, though. Before we move on to the next game, I have an update for you on Hakim Mastur, my friend. Oh, wow. Hakim Mastur, guess how old he is, by the way? Um, 28. He's 24 still. Not what that the old, fuck? Because yeah. he broke out as a young teenager. My God, very young. With those YouTube videos. Uh. But anyway, um, Hakim Mastur (laughs) has scored his second ever professional goal, bro. Oh, wow. For who? He's currently playing for Renaissance. And no, not Renaissance refugees, the guys of CSE of Atalanta. Uh. Um, They're in Botola 2. Botola 2 he's playing? Yeah, do you know what Botola 2 is? Not at all. Like. It's the second division of the Moroccan Football League. Oh, wow. Yeah, and he's playing there. And he's only scored his second professional goal, like his first for them. I hope he's happy, man. I hope he's happy. <laughs> I hope he's doing well, man. Hey. Honestly. A, a lot of pressure. It's like, when I think of Mastur, I think of like um, the Home Alone kid. I know yeah. that people have shot to fame when they were way too young. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? True. A lot of pressure, man. People tipped him to be the next fucking Maradona. Like, That's relax. True. He's That's a kid. True. So Inter won Torino nil. Inter have not lost against Torino and Serie A, bro, since the 27th of January 2019, thanks to an Armando Itzo goal and a 1-0 victory. Ooh. Since then, five Nerazzurri wins and a draw in the last match in March 2022. Inter have now beaten the Granata in the league four times in a row for the first time since a run of seven wins between 1969 and 1976. Can they beat that, bro? What is this? The the History Channel or something? (laughs) (laughs) So Inter lined up with their classic 3-5-2 formation with Handanovic in goal, a centre-back trident of Di Marco, Devry and Skriniar. Darmian on the left, Dumfries on the right, and Chalanoglu, Brozovic, and Barella in the middle with an attacking partnership of Lautaro Martinez and Edin Zeko. Facts. 
This was against Ivan Juric Storino, his 3-4-2-1 formation with Milinkovic Savage in goal. Gigi Bonjorn and Rodriguez at the back, Lazaro on the right, Voivoda on the left, Linetti and Lukic in the middle, Sanabria up front um, with Sek and Vlasic playing off his shoulders. Facts. Now the goal came in the 89th minute thanks to Marcelo Brozovic who was played an incredible ball by Barella yeah. who a, few, a couple of match days ago we discussed bro who the best Italian midfielder in the league is, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. At the moment, what do you think? I'm giving you a chance to change your... <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm not just going to change my opinion because of on, the man. first six matches. Um, Barella's phenomenal, man, and, and, and he gets nine assists a season. Um, the difference is that when Pellegrini is incredible, he bangs in free kicks, he assists from, from everywhere, he scores from everywhere. I think Pellegrini is more of a complete player, but Barella's running off way better form than him right okay. now. Um, fair enough. I tend to disagree with you, but that's okay. That's okay, that's bro. This is four. Yeah. Um, but yes, idiot. I think Barella's more more complete, bro. Way more complete. Especially defensively, offensively, can do it all. He can play a good ball. He can take a yeah. Pellegrini is more of an offensive. Yeah, player. he's more of an offensive mm-hmm. outlet. Pellegrini. But he has in fact now he's struggling with Roma because he's forced to play deeper. Yeah, but he has way more weapons going forward. Yes, than, that's than true. Barella. That's true. Even the fact that he can hit free kicks yeah. is crazy. Like, but anyway, um, the goal came in the 89th minute. Barella with an amazing ball to Brozovic, who just dinks it over um, the six foot six Torino goalkeeper. Um, I think this game, bro, to be honest with you, Torino kind of deserved to take something from this one. Yeah, I think you put in a performance like that against Inter up until the 89th minute. You deserve to take something away. Inter are one of the toughest teams to play against in the league and Torino did a fantastic job. I feel like they really learned from their um, big loss, their 3-1 loss against Atalanta and they... They learned from that. They came into the Inter game. They they were a little bit more organized. They they maintained their shape even better. They were playing the ball around nicely. They absorbed pressure really well. They attacked well. And I just feel like they, they grew a lot from that experience. <laughs> yep, maybe they deserved to to go home with a point but that's when the the effect of having magical players in your team comes off. You have exactly. someone like Barella to to play a fantastic ball like that. And that's the difference, man. Yeah, he split them wide open, man. He put the ball perfectly in between the defensive line and the goalkeeper, straight into the path of Brozovic. Nothing yeah. anyone could do about that, honestly. Brozovic barely had to touch it. Yeah, and Brozovic is becoming quite a quite reliant a scorer, guy up front. Yeah. Huh? You wouldn't mind playing the ball to him. Man of the match for me was Samir Handanovic, who kept Inter in, Oof, in the game. Like, definitely. granted, Inter dominated on paper, but the quality of chances that Torino had was significantly better. Like... Samir Handanovic ran it back, man. He you did. Know, and, and an amazing performance considering what Onana did in the Champions exactly. League. You know? Exactly. I think I think his 38-year-old ass will be looking at that saying, that was me one day. Yeah. This guy's going to take my place. No, motherfuck this guy. He's not taking yeah. my place. That's and it. That, that's the beauty of competition. That's what, that's what we always say. Yeah. Um, I still think that Torino are lacking a striker, of course. Um, that's the only, I would say, weak point in their in their team, or their main weakness mm. right now. Um, the fact that they only have Sanabria virtually and Pellegrini yeah. doesn't bring really have much Pellegri to in the 90th is... Yeah. They don't even bring him on in the 70th. They bring him on after the 75th minute every single yeah. game. Yeah. The guy's career is looking to take quite mm. a, a lateral kind of step or, or a step downwards rather started at Milan eh? yeah um, 
But yeah, it's not even that Sanabria and Pellegri are bad players. It's just they're not target men. And I think if, if you're playing with uh, one striker up top, you need a little bit of a target man. You need a yeah, strong, sizable figure that's, that's good with his back towards goal. There are a lot of teams that play with three at the back in Italy. So you need to have strength at your arsenal. You need to be a bit more of a complete striker. I think of the Vlaovic, the Ozymans, the Immobiles, the Lautaros. Yeah. Strong, quick individuals with great finishing and and you know Tammy Abraham as well. Yeah. And that's what they should be aiming for, man. They're growing Torino, but unfortunately they're not willing to spend. Yeah, they have more of a Chicho Caputo esque type of striker, you know. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, anyway, they're still doing very well though. Um, and I'm impressed by their performance once again. But Inter at the end of the day um got the three points they came for. Yeah. Are we gonna address what went viral today on Twitter, what was trending on Twitter today? I think we have to, eh? We but but how, to. how should we do it? That's a good question. Should we start singing Ebony and Ivory? <laughs> should we... I don't know. How, how are we going to introduce it? Yeah, um, let's see. Um, okay, so... Lautaro Martinez has deactivated his Instagram account. Okay. Why, Drake? So, Inter Twitter seemed to have come up with the conclusion that he was cheating on his wife. Ooh. And that's why he deactivated his account. Okay. The, so you think she made him deactivate it because he was being unfaithful? I think he deactivated it to avoid the, the hate. Okay. But this is all speculation, of course. Mm. Um, the true twist over here is that Lautaro Martinez deactivated his Instagram account because he's in a romantic relationship with Romelu Lukaku. Yeah. And the memes are hilarious. <laughs> They're so funny, dude. Twitter is full of them. I love how the internet jumps on this stuff. Like, <laughs> like obviously, guys, for those of you taking us seriously, like this was actually trending. We're not making this up, but um, it's, it's of course, it's, it's, I highly doubt yeah, it's, it's the case, right? I mean, like, I would be totally behind them. It would be yeah, incredible fucking right. to have Power inters, inters front two strikers two of the best strikers in the league openly gay and openly in a relationship fucking right yeah. power to them imagine like they score the league winning goal and they just kiss and, oh, bro, you know they, I would they link love up. that i would love that unfortunately they're not cool enough though to be to be openly gay you know what i mean yeah so they just paint their nails black and wear pearl necklaces instead yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> Lukaku would look sick in pearls. Yeah, he might. Okay, bro, anything else you want to add about this game? No, but I would like to know where they sit in the standings. That's a good question. So Inter are currently 6th with 12 points, while Torino are ninth with 10 points. Fantastic. The next game we're going to be covering is Napoli 1, Spezia 0. It wasn't easy at all for Napoli, but much like Inter, they got past the line at the end. So Napoli lined up with their classic 4-3-3. It was Meret in goal with Rui, Juan Jesus, Rahmani and Di Lorenzo at the back. Um, their midfield was changed up quite a bit. It was Elmas, Ndombele and Anguissa with Guevara on the left, Politano on the right and Raspadori up front. Spezia lined up in their 3-5-2 formation with Drangovski in goal, Ampadu, Kiwior and Nicolau as the three centre-backs, Home and Reka being the two wing-backs, Agudelo, Burabia and Bastoni in the middle with Jassi and Inzola up front. So, firstly, it, it, it was 
quite an entertaining game in the sense that Napoli were playing that free-flowing football they did against Liverpool and that they've done in the past five games of the league. However, they weren't managing to get the final product and to get the ball past Dragovski. In the opening moments, Guevara made Ampadu Ampapu himself. <laughs> he turned him inside out twice and then attempted to go for the near bottom corner, but Dragovski got down well. Um, in the beginning of the second half, and then Rui tried to head the ball back to Meret and almost scored an own goal. As Meret was coming out, there's a miscommunication. It's good to see that Rui is still a do-do shit, um, but Rahmani managed to get the ball off the line. It was then in the 89th minute that finally something went right for Napoli and finally something went right for Raspadori as Lozano squared the ball past Cholito into Raspadori's path who netted into the bottom corner yeah. after not particularly having a very yeah, good game. Yeah, a rubbish display prior to this. Yeah, he, he had quite a... Uh -huh, his link-up play was yeah. bad. He was always hiding between like two defenders. He almost looked lethargic at times. Hey, man. Hey. And... Interesting to see after he didn't he didn't feature against Liverpool, did he? Yeah, um, I, no, maybe it he was Ozzyman and then Diego Simeone. Yeah. Diego, why do I keep saying that? I'm such yeah. a fucking doo-doo. Um, Giovanni <laughs> Simeone. Doo-doo, bro. <laughs> <laughs> or a dodo. Um, but yeah, Simeone played, so I don't get why Raspadori looked so exhausted throughout, yeah. man. Um, but he managed to get a goal at the end. Power to him, still a young guy, and he can still do good things at Spezia. So why did Napoli struggle so much to get the ball over the line against fucking Spezia? because yeah, Spezia do this, man. They hit you with the low block. They try to catch you on the break, and there's absolutely nothing you can do about it. Like mm. um, They're very organized. Luca Gotti has them playing quite well. Mm. I think good foundation left over by Thiago Motta. Yeah. Really enough. Um, and the 3 5 2 kind of mirroring what we saw at Udinese last season, kind of with the mm -hmm. Spezia players. Every every single season, Spezia turned into a, a previous yeah. team of last season. Yeah, that yeah. Italiano, they had exactly. Motta. Like the style changes dramatically year in, year out. Yeah. But yeah, um, they, they've given top teams trouble before, and this was simply another case. And nothing seemed to be going right for Napoli either. Yeah, 100%. Napoli had the bulk of possession. They had up to 63% ball possession. They managed to get 28 shots away. 18 of those came from open play. Spezia weren't quiet either. They managed to get 10 shots away. Eight of them were from open play. Um, they dispossessed Napoli on 15 different um, occasions. They were very active. They put a lot of pressure on Napoli. And then when the time came, they sat back and they absorbed the pressure pretty well. So it was a good performance overall by Spezia. Bro, one thing I noticed, and it's probably obvious that Napoli weren't the same side that they were against Liverpool and in the past five matches because the midfield was shaken up quite a bit. There were sure. two major changes in the midfield. However, then also taking out Guevara and probably not only because it's Guevara, I'm not licking his ass again, um, but them not having that active player in their team to put all their focus on and, and look for when they're on the ball. That made them struggle a little bit. And they were attacking down the right quite mm. a bit. They were trying to play to Politano, playing the ball to Lozano, and they don't have quite the same effect as, as Guevara does. So maybe they lacked a little bit of something in the second half. Yeah. Not to mention, bro, as well as uh, you've already addressed this, but I think one of the main things was the fact that, first of all, 
they gave everything against Liverpool. This was kind of a hangover for them. They're yeah. kind of tired, you know, and all that. Um, Raspadori does not provide the same things that Ozyman provides. In fact, there are very few strikers that do so, that press like he does, that mm. attack like he does. Um, they went from playing with like a, a dragon up front to a to a donkey, bro. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know what I mean. Like Raspadori seemed to be always one step behind and couldn't create anything for himself yeah. in this game. Apart from until the goal, he did very well on the goal. Ah, it was a, it was a good mm -hmm. finish. It was put on a plate for him, but yeah. you see a lot of you see a lot of players missing from there anyway. And the fact as well that they're playing a much better side now. <laughs> of course, man. You saw what happens when they play against the Premier League team. They, they beat them 4 0. 4 1. What was it? 4 <laughs> 1. How bad Serie A wrote something um, yeah, that, that, that made me laugh. It, it's so funny, guys. If you don't follow this this account on Twitter called How Bad Serie A, please go watch them. Especially if you're one of us that's like all for Serie A and, and, and all against the yeah, Premier pushing League. Pushing ridiculous propaganda. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's it's run in such a genius way. The guys are fucking yeah. hilarious. So go give them a follow and, and show them something. like, uh-huh, Premier League legend, Michael Essien. <laughs> <laughs> he came to Serie A. Nemanja Vidic, best player in the Premier League, best defender in a while, uh-huh. Really good at Inter, he was, guys. <laughs> amazing, amazing Twitter account. Yeah, Napoli do manage at the end of the day to get another three points, while Spezia keep on proving time after time that they bring the game to anyone. Anyone that they face, they're going to have a hard time against Spezia. They're a team full of hustlers and it always feels like they make the right decisions with managers. Um, they always seem to choose someone that shares their philosophy, these hardworking and fucking tough ass motherfucking managers like yeah. Napoli are in first place because of their plus nine goal difference they have 14 points while Spezia are in 15th and they are on five points level with Verona the next game we're going to be discussing was the most controversial of the match day Juventus 2 Salernitana 2 prior to this game bro Juventus had won four of their previous six Serie A games against Salernitana keeping five clean sheets and there was one Madonna draw involved in that process yes this is the history channel only Spezia have had fewer shots on target in the second half of Serie A games than Juventus so far this season um, Spezia <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yes Spezia have had zero shots on target in the second half of a Serie A game oh my god and Juventus have had four so that's the second worst Piontek's debut for Salernitana this is his fourth team in Serie A name them his fourth team in, in Serie A, Genoa, Milan, Fiorentina, Cremonese. Cremonese? Arain, Madonna. <laughs> <laughs> I got the one that we're talking about. <laughs> you, you got the one that we're talking about. Because I, I, I opened Atalanta, Cremonese, it's the view for Salernitana. It's obviously Salernitana. Okay, great. Yes, you're correct. I'm trying to save you from dementia by asking you these questions. <laughs> Thank you. I fucking need it. You've uh, lined up with Perrin in goal, Quadrado as the right back, Deschilio as the left back, and the centre-back partnership of Bremer and Bonucci, Miretti, Paredes and McKenny in the middle, with Kostic out wide, Keane on the other side, and Vlaovic up front. Salernitana lined up with a 3-5-2. Sepe in goal, Bron, Danilo Lic at the back, and Fazio along with them. Kandreva out on the right, Mazzocchi out on the left, Koulibaly, Major, and Vilhena in the middle, and a striking partnership of Dia and Pum Pum Piontek. Hmm. 
No, it all started in the 18th minute when Kandreva scored. Um, Matsoki put put it on a plate for him. He's fucking good, this Matsoki yeah. guy, man. He's a bright he future ahead of him. Um, he was terrorizing the left-hand side, squared it to Kandreva, who scored. His, his arms were against his body, but I don't think he could call it out for a handball. In fact, it didn't even go to VAR. Um, that doesn't uh, really mean much. No, it was against That's his body, no. His, his his, his but arm. yeah, his hands were, were in a natural position. Yeah. This goal, bro was Kandreva's first goal for Salernitana and Salernitana's first goal against Juve away from home. Oh my God. Ever. The only other goal scored by Salernitana against Juve at their stadium was by Di Vaio in, Di Vaio. in 1999. Oh my God. In the 49th minute of the first half, um, who handles more balls than a urologist, bro? <laughs> who? Any centre back that you've assigned. So, <laughs> the delict last year, probably. Delict last year, delict, bro, handling the ball every other game, almost, mm. especially at the beginning of the season. What well, that whole joke by telling him, Ale, what you're playing, Pallan Water. <laughs> yeah. Um, Piontek shot, Bremer hit it with his hand. Piontek had the penalty. Piontek scored the Wait, penalty. Bremer hit it to the side. Yeah, yeah, it was oh, Bremer. Okay. That's why. Um, the new Juve signing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know who Bremer is. No, like, but that's yeah. the joke. That's uh -huh. Okay, okay, okay. Got you. Um, pum, pum, pum. You know, the celebration, all that. Halftime, shambolic, everyone booing Juventus. Uh, then they come out. They're all fired up. They're like, we have to prove these guys wrong. We have to prove, we have to make a case for ourselves. Mm. There's no way. You know, there's no way we go out like this. So they came out in the 51st minute. It was Bremer who got revenge. Kostic did really well to out-muscle and dispossess Koulibaly on the left. He whipped it into Bremer who headed it in dominantly. Yeah. Very dominant. It was one of those bouncing headers. You know, he bounced off the floor and into the mm -hmm. roof of the net. First goal for Bremer. Yeah, it was amazing. Um, Milik shortly after struck the crossbar from a distance. And in the 92nd minute, they left it late. But uh, Juva won a penalty. Pressure was mounting in the box, bro. There was Quadrado. He was twisting. He was turning. Everyone's trying to like not drop him. He's, he's, he's like hitting the ground. He's barely hitting the ground. <laughs> like when people are grazing him, you know, he's like ready trying to win that penalty. Eventually the ball ended up going to Alexandra and they just bodied him. Villana just came <laughs> out of nowhere and bodied him. Literally. Um, the penalty was given by Bonucci, saved by Sepe, but Bonucci scored the rebound. No mouthwash celebration for Bonucci as this only meant that they were 2-2. But it's the 94th minute. Juventus have a corner. Quadrado steps up, takes the corner. Milik heads it home. He's on a yellow, doesn't care, takes off his t-shirt, second yellow. He's off, red card, but he's off as a hero. He's won them the game. Oh, hold on a second, what's that? Looks like it's going to VAR. The goal is under review for a possible offside. Bonucci, who didn't actually touch the ball, interfered with play in an offside position. By attacking the ball, he has interfered with play. The referee goes to the monitor, looks at it for a couple of seconds, comes back, calls the goal off. Scenes. Obscenities were thrown. Shoves were exchanged. Violence ensued. Reds were dished out like tax returns before an election in Malta. <laughs> Crazy scenes, bro. Red cards for Allegri, Fazio, Quadrado, apart from, of course, the half-naked and almost famous Arcadius Milik. <laughs> crazy, absolutely crazy. Now, it's crazy because this is the wrong decision, blatantly. Shortly after you the game, images so? came out. 
bro, it's a fact. Even the AI have fucking AI have confirmed that okay. it, was, it was meant to be a goal. The entire time that this happened, first of all, first of all, let's say that the way it is, Juventus had a goal disallowed from a corner for offside. That's already fun, you know? Like, cross goes in, striker hits it, goal. It's impossible to have an offside it's from a corner. It's impossible. Now, the only way that that's possible is if the guy who took the corner, okay, so you take the corner, the striker hits the ball, and someone else interferes with play who's ahead of everyone else, exactly. right? That's that's what they thought happened with Bonucci, who didn't actually touch the ball, but he attempted to play the ball, which counts as an offside. That's the, the literature, apparently. But that wasn't the case because Kandreva was standing 50 centimeters ahead of Bonucci the entire time by the corner flag. The entire time. I but saw some images, images, but I didn't like... I thought they were photoshopped. I thought they were photoshopped as well because, because it looks ridiculous. Like. But, but it's not, apparently the AIA came out and said that the VAR images that were available to the referee were, were only those. Yes, they didn't what? include the, the Kondrev one. Bro, That's it's the most shambolic man. call That's in fucking VAR, since VAR has been introduced in Italy. Juve got fucking Juved, man. Like, Juve got Juved, literally. Honestly, like, uh, speechless I was, like... At least they came out with an explanation. They said, like, we fucked up, you know? Like, when yeah, Milan conceded the handball now, to the doggy, they didn't, they didn't say anything. But, uh, I, I always, like, firstly, my least favorite thing in the world is people who, who start petitions for a game to be replayed. Yes. The game is never going <laughs> like, to be replayed. It's not going to be replayed, bro. Never, ever, 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 ever. But something just has to happen, eh, man? If there's a call like that so blatantly wrong. Yeah, someone has to lose his job. It's, it's as simple as that. Someone gets suspended, they put him in serial chair for a bit and we move. Like that's that's the way it works. But anyway, bro. Um VAR, of course, this is the the beginning of VAR, no? Yeah. Eventually. They'll be looking at these mistakes and they'll be like, I remember VAR before they managed to perfect it. Mm. That was crazy. They'll be like making memes out of it. Literally. Literally. But I can't believe you can't like you lose out on a goal have a goal disallowed like that in the VAR era it's fucking disgusting man yeah did I tell you about by the way Fabio Miretti being the youngest ever starter for Juventus in a Champions League game no he's the second youngest starter ever for Juventus in a Champions League game ever by the way you know who's first um no Stefano Pioli <laughs> yeah Miretti is 19 years old and 34 days. Stefano Pioli was 18 years old and 335 days. Fuck me, you yeah. go, Mr. Pioli breaking records. <laughs> but <laughs> That's anyway, what he does. Um, I thought that Juve were awful in the first half. I thought they reacted brilliantly, to be honest mm -hmm. with you. I'm impressed as usual by Salernitana this season. They don't look like a team that's going down no. at all. They really gave them a game. And to be honest with you, for that first half performance, it would have been um, harsh for them to go home empty-handed. So I think a draw is the f fair. I would say a draw is the fairest result, but the fact that it's been called off so unjustly says that you've obviously deserved. It. Yeah, it's. A, I, yeah, I would. Juve I would say from from Juve's reaction to how they carried themselves until the final whistle, just constantly chasing to get that goal and the manner in which they were doing it, they weren't doing it blinded like sometimes on certain occasions maybe a couple of seasons ago we used to say Milan just used to lob the ball into Zlatan's path and into Mandzukic's path like yeah. you know what I mean they don't just knock the ball to a tall striker but they were playing the ball around they were switching play they were 
going forward nicely. I think Kostic had quite a good game as well. Yeah. He seems to be finding himself quite a bit. Um but but uh uh-huh, it it it's tough for me to say you've deserved any less because in in actuality for a fact they should have gotten the three points. Yes, definitely. So it's it's yeah, it's it's very unjust for you fans. They they have every right to be pissed off. Yeah, definitely. Shall we move on? Yes, if you can um, just uh-huh. where they are in the standings, of course. So Juventus currently sit eighth with ten points, as Salernitana sit tenth with seven points. Before I continue, I just want to point out that we had the Barca-Bayern game on TV and it was on BT Sport 4 mm-hmm. and, and now wrestling yeah. has come on instead and watching wrestling yeah. with no sound on and yeah. I'll tell you what, it's an experience, man. Yeah, let's just say that Lautaro and Lukaku would really enjoy it. <laughs> For a fact The next game we're going to be covering is Atalanta 1, Cremonese 1 Finally we get to cover whatever the fuck happened here So Atalanta lined up with their classic 3-4-2-1 With Musso on goal and the back three of Toloi, Demiral and Ocoli Soppi and Hatteber were their two wingbacks with Coop Miners and Derun in the middle Lukman and Malinowski played just behind the goal-hungry Muriel. Cremonese, here we go again, lined up with a 3-4-3 with Radu, I, with Radu in goal, Aiwu, Kirikes and Lashoskvili <laughs> as the three centre-backs. They had Saint-Nicolas on the right and Valeri on the left with Meite, by the way, you remember Meite was yeah. with Milan um, and Escalante in the middle with Pickle and Okareke out wide and Dessers in the middle. This Cremonese side is starting to grow on me. The more I look at that and the more I watch them play and the more I could put names and qualities, um, faces and qualities rather, to names, the more I start respecting their starting yeah, 11. Man. It's always fun with these new teams. You say watching them and people hey. stick out and you start learning what people do and mm-hmm. how they play. And it's Cremonese have a nice kit, man. They do. They really do. The Might get myself a fucking Dessers kit, huh? Yeah. Or a Lashoskvili kit or, or an Askakibar kit. Okay, okay. Maybe. Um, so the game started off, it was quite a slow start for Atalanta, much like Napoli, they were struggling to, to get going. Um, they did manage to find the back of the net through a Coupe Miners free kick um, from out wide, a spectacular strike, but turns out it went in off the arm of Okoli. Um so VAR reviewed it and they reverted their decision and, and called it a handball, called it an infringement. And it's funny because while the ref was checking the, the VAR screen to see what the infringement was, um, the manager Alvini was just behind him looking at the same screen. And as soon as the image of the ball hitting Okoli's hand came on, he started freaking out, screaming, Mano, 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 and tapping his hand in front of the ref. And the ref looked at him and gave him a yellow, like, you're not supposed to do that, bro. And he reverted his decision. But after the game, um, in, a, in an interview, Alvini said him seeing the handball on the VAR screen was like a child seeing a bar of chocolate like so <laughs> so likable Alvini bro yeah he, he has a he has a really really cute side to him man he yeah. seems like a he seems he like a lovely you can't, man you can't help but support him exactly um 
throughout the game, Cremonese did, did quite a good job to sustain Atalanta, to keep them tame, kind of. Um, however, and then it was Coop with another powerful free kick cross and Demiral flicked the flick the ball on with with his head and turn the ball into the back of the net making it 1-0 to Atalanta Demiral's first goal of the season and Coop Miners once again just proving to be such a threat for Atalanta man constantly yeah. four minutes later just to fuck our bet Askaki Bar shot was fumbled by Musso and it was rebounded in by Valeri like sure Cremonese were doing a good job to stay into the game but then suddenly to shoot the ball um, it's fumbled by Musso and they managed to get a rebound in yeah. you could say slightly it was against the run of play but it was of good course. to see a side like Cremonese getting back into the game after just being promoted um, Atalanta were twice as good they were twice aspect. as good but Cremonese really played up to the occasion I feel like yeah, I feel like they course. did do what they had to do man it's true. Away from home, they got a point against Atalanta, an Atalanta side that's been one of the best teams in the league so far, yeah. at least table-wise. Mm-hmm. They've been good, and Cremonese gave them a good game. And they they showed that they're capable, man. There are no pushovers. I don't think there are any pushovers in Serie A right now, especially with uh, Stroppa sacked and the names being rumoured to replace him. Yeah. Um, I think Monza will improve as well. And, you know, they're they team, have to, man. They have to improve, honestly. Um, but... Uh-huh. On on the topic of, of Cremonese, I think that Radu has become a vital part of that team, man. He's I think been he's so a, good. I think he's a very important figure for that team, man. To perform the way they are, to only concede one against Atalanta would require a lot of heroics from your goalkeeper as well. If you don't dominate the game, that result requires a great performance yeah. by your goalkeeper. And that's what Five Radu gave saves them, man. today. Um, a good goalkeeper, honestly, like blunt, error prone. Yeah. Has a blunder in him, has a bad blunder in him. Yeah, they, they um, came close to each other. The two blunders we've seen from him yeah. came close to each other, which at the end sucks of the day, so much He's 25 years old and his teammates must look at him and say he's still standing there. He's still in goal, you know, after what he what's happened to him against Bologna. And then the other game against, um, who were they when he ran? Fiorentina. Walked, Fiorentina. He just walked the ball into his own net. They're looking at him as a guy who doesn't give up and that might inspire some kind of emotion. 100% and he's a young guy as well. Mm-hmm. Um, good goalkeeper, man. Very good goalkeeper. Very talented. Did a great job to keep them in the game. Um, on that note, um, well, on a separate note rather, um, Coop Miners, man. Just, I know Incredible. I mentioned him he quite score, a lot. He can score, he can assist. This is really his breakout season. And I'll say he had a good season. Mm-hmm. It, it's his versatility more than anything, man. Mm-hmm. Now he's being utilized a, a, a bit more. He's not even being utilized that much more attacking than usual, man. He he's just playing knows his usual how to position. insert himself. Now, the question is, you know how we say Pasalic is the smartest player in the league? Uh-huh. Is that a side that Gasperini can uniquely bring out in players? Because now I'm looking at Coop Miners and I'm saying he's a fucking shout for a smart footballer, man. Yeah, but then there's Jeremy Boga on the same thing. <laughs> Who doesn't see anything? No, but for center mids, I think he can really transform a center mid, man. Maybe, or their scouting department has an eye for clever players, man. I think that's more like it, to be honest. Adriano Freuler, Derun, Coop um, Miners, Pasalic, even Papu Gomez. Like, like yeah. they've had these Ilicic, man. They managed to revive him. They managed to transform yeah. Ilicic into a monster, dude. True. Um, their scouting department is top, honestly, top tier. And um, yeah, Coop Miners is just their latest coop <laughs> in the in the middle of the park. Come on, you made it once already, bro. I do. I make it every episode. <laughs> 
But yeah, that was basically Atalanta Cremonese for you. Um, that is in fact the game that fucked our bet and lost us literally all our money. Um, but we live, we learn, and just like Radu still standing, baby, so are we. Yes, sir. So are we. The next game is the other game. Oh shit! The... Sorry, I did it now. I oh. forgot to say <laughs> where they where they stand in the table. Atalanta second on fourteen points, level with Napoli and Milan. Cremonese are in eighteenth, and that was their second point of the season as um, they level on points with nineteenth place Sampdoria. Sassuolo one, Udinese three. A game that we predicted would be a win or a draw for Udinese. Um, judging by the history of the game, um, this matchup rather the Udinese are the dark horses of Sassuolo. One hundred percent. Sassuolo's last Serie A win against Udinese was back in March two thousand and eighteen. Madonna. They won two one. Udinese have won five of the last nine of such meetings with four draws. Sassuolo have only won one. Of their last nine home matches played against Udinese. Or not of their last, of their nine games at home to Udinese in general. Mm. Rather. Um, this was a 1-0 victory in September 2016. So yeah, um, interesting. Um, Sassuolo really? lined up with Consigli in goal, Rogerio on the left, Antolian on the right, Ferrari and Ruan as the centre-back partnership. Henrique Lopez and Fratesi in the middle, Kyriakopoulos on the left, and Laurente, the new boy, on the right, with Penamonti leading the charge. Silvestri in goal for Udinese, Perez, Becao, and Ebosse on the back, at the back. Um, Ebosse. <laughs> hey, that's uh, a <laughs> We watched this game. We, we, we watched this game. Like, who is he? <laughs> no, we attempted to watch oh, the game. TV was yes. fucking up but but we were kind of flicking between yes. this but Bologna Fiorentina was, so and um, Lecce Monza yes. we're kind of flicking between I them think we watched Le- Lecce Monza we watched know. most of that because the quality was the best on that yeah. and, and plus and it's a fucking good game I mean I love watching two teams that were just promoted to Serie A from Serie A by playing each other because they know something about each other yeah. that other teams don't. So I always find these matchups super interesting. And in the Serie A, sure. they could play out way differently they, to how they, they played like out in a, Serie A. It's like a Serie B game at the end of the day. It becomes a scrap. Literally, It man. becomes a free-for-all. Like. Literally. Literally. Pereira on the right, Udoji on the left, Arslan, Wallace and Lovrich in the middle with Deolefeu and Success up front. So one of the top scorers in the league, Beto, is on the bench for them. They yeah. just bring him on as a, as a luxury mm-hmm. pick. They can do that. They can do that. In the 33rd minute, Fratesi scored after mystery man Ebosse gave the (laughs) ball away clumsily and Sassuolo linked up well with a move that ended in Fratesi beating Silvestri at his near post. Silvestri should have probably done better over here. Mm, That's Skorupski. Yeah. In the 43rd minute, Ruan got a red card after tripping Isaac's success as he was about to break through. It would have been one-on-one with the goalkeeper and that changed the game, to be honest. It brought Udinese back into it. Who weren't really out of it, but um, it gave them a clear advantage. It did did take until the 75th minute, man. It did, they fought well. Um, But it was in the 75th minute, of course, where Beto scored. There was a good sequence of play and Pereira ended up crossing from the byline to um, Beto, who scored. In the 91st minute was Samar Zic, who scored one of our goals of the week. Yeah. An amazing goal from the edge of the area. He shimmied his way centrally and curled it in. Um, great goal. We're discussing um, whether he curled it in or whether he uh, drove it in. Uh-huh. I, I think I it's thought, more of a curl. I, I think at the end of it, it's, he placed it. Yeah. It was round the keeper. You know what I mean? The trajectory was... 
It was much of a curve to it, I feel. I feel like I scouted Samar Zic, bro. If you yeah. listen back, I was saying his name when he was just coming on as a nobody Make a last clip. season. I, God knows which episode it's in, unless it's called Samar Zic Massive <laughs> Samar Zic Massive Cock. Like, I'm not going to be able to find it. Yeah. Um, great goal by him, of course. And in the 92nd minute, Sassuolo were so demoralized that they just ripped through them once again. It was Lovrich who played a through ball to Beto, who um, scored and did his insanely alpha celebration where he knees his like own chest you know, and pops his chest out and goes like, ooh, you know, it's crazy, crazy cool celebration. Um, yeah, so they ended up winning 3-1. Difficult to tell and to criticize Sassuolo, to be honest, when they were a man down. I mean, especially considering how Udinese have been playing. Uh huh. At the end of the day, look, Roma con- Roma conceded four against this Udinese team. Yeah. Um, I know it's a goal of Dionisi and Sassuolo to brush up their back line. Yeah. Um, but uh huh. You you managed to contain Udinese for seventy five minutes, yeah. and then you get a little bit fatigued, and then Udinese are bringing on motherfuckers like Samaritzich yeah. and Beto, and tell me what the hell can you do, man? Yeah, I mean, they tried, and then by uh, after they conceded the second, they're like, "Fuck this, man!" Yeah. And then subsequently they conceded the third. Four goals for Beto this season, bro. He's having a another breakout season, is it? Yeah. Because last year he had a good spell but advantage. It's the, it's the Giovanni Simeone curse. He he gets a lot of goals in short spaces of time. Yeah. And then he goes long stretches without goals. So let's see if it can be different this time. He's exactly. being utilized with less pressure. Udinese have won four, drawn one, and lost one, bro, this season. Um, the one lost coming against Milan. Yeah, first game of the season, probably the best time to play with it. Yeah, yeah, honestly, honestly, it would be terrible to play them right yeah. now. They're so, <laughs> they're so inspired. They'd beat Milan 4-3, like, it'll yeah. be one of those. Well, Sassuolo, bro, do you think they'll get things going this season? It's really difficult for them to play without Berardi. Yeah, they well. will. They, they will get things going. One thing they'll start doing is beating teams that are worse than them. That, that, that's how they'll start. They, they need yeah. to have a string of these games. They'll get their momentum going and they'll be fine. At the end of the day, one thing that's important to mention is they're playing without Berardi as well. Yeah. yeah. And But new guy got an assist. The, the shit Laurent thing. Or Laurent yeah. Was, but the shit thing about that is... Sassuolo without Berardi are shown less respect than Sassuolo with Berardi. By who? Because by, by other teams. So if other teams say, for example, we want to attack in this crazy manner against Sassuolo, they'll be like, Berardi can catch us on the break. So let's be a bit more cautious. Since maybe they don't feel like Sassuolo have that guy in their team, have their main guy that can make things click for them and make things happen, they show no respect to them. They're they play the way that they want to. Yeah. They play entertaining football. They show both a little bit. You know what I True. mean? True. We'll see what this new guy can do. And of course, remember that at some point, um, Trower is coming in and yeah. they better respect Trower because he'll mm-hmm. rip them a new one. Yeah. But, but honestly, look at, look at Sassuolo's team and try find someone that can provide a serious threat. Let's say make something out of nothing. There are a few players in the team. Probably the one I think the midfield is, is full of talent. The, I think the midfield three are all capable of creating something. Yeah, but their front three, if you look at it as it is right now, which is unfair, and yeah. I know because their main guys yeah, yeah, are in on the left, of course, he's not going to be a great threat. Exactly. Because he's exactly. mainly a I feel like that's having now. Lazovic as a left yeah, winger at exactly. Lazio kind of thing. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, the new guy needs to settle and Penamonti up front still finding his, uh-huh. his scoring. I really hope he does, man, Penamonti. When he gets going, that Same. guy is super entertaining. Same. Shall we move on to... The, actually, I'll, I'll tell you where they stand. <laughs> My <laughs> We're God. so bad. Drink every time we do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, call in sick tomorrow, guys. Yeah. So, Udinese are currently fourth with 13 points. What a start. Um, Sassuolo are in 13th with six points a bit of a slow start for them but it's not too detrimental right now so the next game we're going to be covering is Lazio 2 Verona 0 so Lazio played in their 4-3-3 formation with Provedel in goal Marusic, Patrick, Cazale and Lazzari being their four defenders with a midfield three of Basic, Antonio and Milinkovic Savic up front they had Ciro Mobile partnered by Zaccagni and Felipe Anderson Veron, on the other hand, played that 3-4-1-2 formation, Montepo in goal, Ceccherini, Hien and Coppola being their three defenders, Terracciano and Doig out wide with Illich and Veloso in two holding midfield roles and Lazovic in a more attacking midfield role. Onri and Lasagna formed that formidable striking partnership yeah. if you want to everyone call is it terrified that. of them yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the scoring was opened in the 68th minute by Ciro Mobile it was a header after a cross to the far post by Milinkovic Savic a brilliant cross to the far yeah. post those two guys together and I think it's it's a fact yeah it's a stat it's a stat that they are the partnership that have scored the most goals basically with Savage having the most assists, exactly. exactly. And and Immobile having the most goals. And in in the top five, there was also Luis Alberto to Immobile. So Immobile is the guy you want at the end of the year. Exactly, exactly. Because he's so (laughs) well-rounded, like we said said earlier. That was his 185th Serie A goal. Quite a landmark. Can he hit 200 this year? I mean, probably, man. 185 goals. Yeah, in Serie A. That's, That's crazy, yeah. I can't think of 185 things I've done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, neither neither can I. Well done to Ciro Mobile. Um, he'll definitely be one of the top scorers this year again, yeah. by the way. Um, and then it was in the 94th minute. It was actually the last kick of the game that Alberto scored one of the goals of the season so far. And it almost made top goal this week um, he stopped and rolled the ball past the defender and he finished into the bottom corner from just inside the area it was the last kick of the game it was just a magical move by a magical player when when things start going for Luis Alberto and he's on form he's unstoppable man and it's mm-hmm. exciting to see the dilemma that Sarri must have of okay my system or sheer quality yeah. sheer talent one of the best midfielders in the league for sure when he's on at least so that was the I last mean, kick of the game and Lazio cruised. Sarri's finding success with bringing him off the bench. Yeah, the problem As is well. will, will Luis Alberto's pride be too much? Like, can you keep doing this to him or will he throw a tantrum? Yeah. Know? and Because and he think, has thrown tantrums before. Yeah. And, and, I, and I don't think he has the best relationship with Sarri either. No, so, so it's not. a matter of, do I want to play this yeah. cunt? He's such a diva. He's always doing this. He's always doing that. And... Sarri is always scoring. Sarri will drop you if you step yeah. out of line. You know what? Okay, I'm saying that, but then he there's had Kepa. that. There's Kepa taking the yeah. piss out of him. So maybe I should take that back a little bit. I'll take it back. <laughs> um, I said Lazio cruised in this game, but they really didn't cruise. It was made tough by Verona. And I know Verona have dipped and Lazio are looking really good. Which is probably why Lazio won this game. But Verona brought it to Lazio. Montepo kept them in the game quite a bit. He... 
saved uh, an Adam Marisic attempt. It was a, a brilliant attempt by Marisic. It was um, heading right in and he got there. Um, he fingertipped a Basic rocket onto the bar. That was a yeah. superb save. Um, and then in return, Hellas clipped the woodwork with Thomas Henry. So it's not like they weren't threatening either. And Cancelleri scored offside for Lazio against his parent club. Yeah, I, I thought, when I saw it, I was like, how many times is this going to happen? Like, the Ruolo del Lex, man. It's actually a thing. Like, you score against your ex, and is it because you know your teammates better there? You know your opponent better? It's a rather? mental thing, eh, man. You're like, I have to do it. I have something to prove. You know, you play better. It's like a final for I you. I think you're just more, for some reason, more comfortable, man. I think you're more determined, that. actually. Like people are happy to see you, okay, but yeah. you're competing with them. And so you I think feel a bit like a hero. It's a bit more of a, it's a bit more of a friendlier environment. Like at the end of the day, he's a young guy that's out on loan yeah. to. And the to fans don't hate him. Lazio, you know? sorry. It's not like he did them a dirty, exactly. like a Chalanoglu relationship. You know what I mean? So he must feel comfortable in that setting. He did manage to get a goal, but it was offside, I'm afraid. I really like Country Leary, man. He's good, man. He's, He's good. Really I, good. I thought he should get more minutes at Verona. Yeah. He was coming on at the very end, man, towards the end of the season. It's true. He's only 20. He's mm -hmm. big, man. He's strong, like... He can dribble really well as well. Uh-huh. He's, he's good. He's got good pace to him as well. So he, he reminds me a bit of Chiesa, the, yeah. the way he plays. He's bigger. Um, he's clunkier than Chiesa. That's true. But he's very... He glides. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That, that, that layout effect, but obviously on a, on a, much, <laughs> on a much smaller scale. Um, Lazio are looking quite steady, bro. Lazio are looking good. They are. They're looking decent. Bear in mind, they beat Inter as well. <laughs> like, I'm acting all shocked. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. Um, I'd like to see their last five games. They um, Their streak is win, draw, win, draw, loss, win. Yeah, so they have three wins, two draws and one loss. I mean, not the best start, but they're still competitive. Of course, they had a few tough fixtures over here. You know, they had Napoli, they had Inter. Um, quite tough. Veron are, are no easy feat as well. Sampdoria, they could have done better against. Yeah. But anyway. But yeah, they're, they're definitely going to compete for that top six spot. Um, they're they're, they're going to want Europe. Yes, top they're, they're, six, top they're six they'll compete. Yes, will will they sure. get it? I'm not sure. But there's always like just a a one to four point gap between not making it to Europe and making it to Europe. They'll be there like... Yeah, they have subtly dipped. Eh? They were a top four team a few years ago. Mm -hmm. And then now, and then they... Under Inzaghi. They, they, you know, they have dipped. And now it seems that they've settled as like this top six kind of ambition scheme. Yeah. Like, like Europa League would be their main objective, I think. And it's interesting to see if... Because obviously Lazio had to adapt to the new change in management because they had Inzaghi for, for a while. Um, if they'd have to go through that again, should Sarri not maintain his spot as their head coach? So they'll have to adapt to another manager soon if he doesn't keep his place. I, I think they're trying to build a philosophy at Lazio. Like they're trying to really implement um, Sarri's philosophy. Um, you know, and that with a little bit of pragmatism, they could really get things going and they can make it work. They can get a few points. Mm. Um, I think it'll take them a couple of years to to really see this happen. Um, two years, maybe at most, if they manage to hold on to Surrey, I can see them again pushing for top four. But some changes mm. need to be made and uh, Lotito needs to invest, of course. Yeah, I mean, there, there's only so much a man can do without his tools, you know what I mean? Exactly. Um, 
Uh huh. Lazio find themselves in seventh on eleven points, so they're <laughs> right where we said they would be, <laughs> fighting for that top six spot at the moment. Obviously, all jokes aside, they're just three points behind league leaders Napoli, Atalanta, and Milan. Um, whilst Verona are down in 14th and they have five points in six matches they've only won one game so far this season they lost three and they drew two so things need to pick up on the other hand for Verona yeah they need to get their their shit ticking yeah one uh, thing I'll, I'll say they before, have many positives though huh? they, they do they do they're a tough side to face they still have that that hustle and that grind in them Um they do lack a bit more of creativity since Barak has left. Yes, that's, that's true. evident. Like we've seen Lazovic playing centrally, you know? Exactly, which which isn't ideal for them. For my fan, that's a bit more ideal because yeah. it's closer to goal. Yeah, but but otherwise, shit. no. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead, King. Your go. So up next we have Roma. Roma took on Empoli away from home and beat them to one. Um, Roma are now unbeaten in their last 13 games against Empoli, winning their last six in a row, their best streak against a team tied with Crotone. Um, they had beaten Crotone six times in a row as well. Now, um, Roma lined up with Patricio on goal, Mancini, Smalling and Banyas at the back, Celic on the right and Spinazzola on the left, Matic and Cristante in the middle, Dybal and Pellegrini flanking Abraham up front. Empoli lined up with uh, Vicario on goal, Stojanovic on the right, Parisi on the left, Luperto and Ismaili as a centre-back partnership, Bandinelli, Marin and Haas as the midfield trident, Piaka behind the strikers who were Lammers and the Satriano. In the 17th minute, Dybala scored, uh, Mancini's cross was cleared by Luperto onto the path of Dybala, who scored a wonderful goal. Oof. Amazing goal it was. Yeah, really. one of our goals of the week as well. Yeah. Uh, it's such a classic Dybala goal. It's eh, literally man. the standard If, Dybala, if Dybala scores a great goal, I think, okay, it's exactly mm-hmm. like that. Exactly. Like. Curler, like, perfectly <laughs> placed. Shortly after, Satriano struck the post from a Parisi cross. In the 43rd minute, Bandinelli scored an amazing goal. Um, the thing that was amazing about this was a Stojanovic ball, in my opinion. Mm. The cross was really good and it was a commanding header, header by him. So it wasn't like a screamer or like a crazy skill move or something, uh-huh. but it was a well-orchestrated move. Yeah, I agree. Um, Satriano missed an easy one-on-one, to be honest, shortly after this. He missed two, two big chances this game. Mm, um, he toe-poked it past the, the keeper. In the 71st minute, Tammy Abraham managed to score the winner. It was a perfect ball by Dybala. Speaking of perfect crosses, this one was incredible as well. Um, to Abraham, who smacked it into Vicario, who couldn't keep it out. Fun fact about Tammy Abraham, bro. Tell me. He has become the first English footballer in Serie A history mm. to score under two different rulers of England. <laughs> No, that's a stat, huh? That is a stat. That is what they call a Kurt Sultana stat, no? Yeah, yeah Kurt Sultana <laughs> stat, exactly. At the end of the game, bro, Pellegrini missed a penalty on his 200th appearance for the club. That's sad. Things eh? aren't looking great for Pellegrini. Not um, right now, not right Ever now. since he's had to take a deeper role to allow the baller to play, he hasn't looked as good as he typically does. Yeah, now he's returned to that more attacking role because of Zaniolo's injury. Yeah. But we're still not seeing it's that Pellegrini. Yeah, it, it has to be the mental game, man. Because we know he has it. Like, exactly. Unless it's an injury, it's the mental game, I'm sure. 
Akpa Akpro hit the post from a distance. Uh, he's the Lazio Loni. In the 87th minute, um, he kicked Smalling in the face <laughs> and he got sent off. <laughs> so that was a good cameo by him. But he looks useful, huh? He looks really useful. He would he would be useful. He's not he's not a shambolic player. Yeah, um, no, no, he's good. He's good. He has obviously his his style and his experience would bring a lot to Empoli. Someone that can break down play quite nicely. I was speaking to Matthias. Um, mm. He said that Hus. Um, he gets that he starts because he's an industrious kind of player. But uh, he wouldn't be surprised if like um, Akpa Akpro benched him or even Piaka, to be honest. And that Trequartista position is more likely to be there, actually. Mm. Um, he doesn't really rate Piaka. What do you think of Piaka? I, I quite like a bit on and off Piaka, mm. I, hey, I would that, say. That's he's, I think. He's, spelled. he's useful, man. He, he comes in handy, but I see him more in a role like coming off the bench. Yeah, that's true. You know what that's I mean? I, I wouldn't want him starting in my team, but he's he's a good coup to have. And maybe sometimes he'll be on form and, and he'll start, yeah. you know? I was saying they probably signed him just because of his CV, to be honest. He has mm. experience, he has that Juve card he can just yeah. fucking throw out there like but he has, he's a player again who comes into the game and phases out of it and then comes into the game again and phases out of it like he's not a consistent player at all exactly so exactly. yeah he's probably good for the sample they have many of those <laughs> <laughs> to be honest um, their manager probably being <laughs> one, of, one them. of them right yeah Zanetti with his beautiful style of football but anyway, um, at the end of the game, bro, we saw Bellotti one-on-one with the goalkeeper. He shot. At first, I thought he skied it. But uh, he didn't actually sky it. He forced Vicario into a wonderful, wonderful save. Um, big miss for Bellotti, to be honest, but an impressive save nonetheless by Vicario. Yeah. What do you think, bro? Um, Mourinho at the end of the game said that um, things are looking terrible considering the way they're playing. Okay, <laughs> what does he mean? What does he exactly mean by He's that? basically saying performance-wise, like judging We're by these there. performances, they are they are not there now. No, and 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 I agree. I don't think they're there right now. But we we covered this a little bit in our last episode. At the end of the day, they're getting points now. They're needing to hustle. They're needing to fatigue themselves. They're needing to probably pick up a few injuries to get these points. So the question is, how sustainable is that? And probably not very sustainable. So they need to get things going. They need to be a little bit more fluid. They need to be a bit more adventurous. It looks like they play with a bit of a stick in their asses sometimes, man. (laughs) It's true. Unless it's Dybala carrying the ball forward. Now that they've lost Zaniolo carrying the ball forward as well, before they had two of those and they still weren't, you know, that, that, that exciting to watch, but they were better. So I can't wait for Zaniolo to come back and to see Roma hopefully growing into a more fluid side. Yeah, they're much better with him. There was a game earlier this season. I was surprised they didn't score four. I think it was Kramer. Hey, I think it was the first game of the season, bro. That or the second. They were so good against them. But yeah, Roma, bro, again, they... It's true that they've had a few problems. What I find funny is that... um, what Mourinho says and what Tammy Abraham says are two completely different things. You know? <laughs> Tammy's like, I feel good, I got the goal. Mourinho's like, we're in trouble if we keep playing like this. <laughs> yeah. But Mourinho has had that relationship with many of his players, man. Many of his players. And they ended in one of one or two ways. The first one being they take that criticism, they improve, and they become one of the top goal scorers in the league. Or as they end up loaned out or they end up leaving to a shit side. Yeah. That's what normally happens when Mourinho gives that treatment to players. So which one will it be? I personally think that Tammy has so much love for the club 
and he's so confident in his abilities and he's willing to work hard. So yeah. I think he'll get Mourinho's backing. I think he has Mourinho's backing. And uh, yeah, it's just I Mourinho think so giving too. that I facade. So like yeah. um, He's, again, 24 years old. He's, he, he'll still grow, you know. I think yeah. he needs to put on a bit of Ridiculous muscle. Ridiculous talent for 24. Um, improve his hold-up play and he'll turn into a very good striker. He's getting the goals, though, to, to help him with his confidence. The one against Juve was massive, for example. Oh, that massive. kept him afloat. Mm-hmm. And this one might, you know, plunge him forward. Yeah. But we'll see. Um, nothing else I really want to add about this game, bro. I feel that Roma... Um, did they deserve this victory? Let me ask you. Did Roma deserve to win this? Um... I wouldn't say they definitely deserve to get away with three points because it was made very hard for yeah. them. But you know what I always say, man, at the end of the day, if you scrap hard enough to get that goal, no matter how you get it, then it shows you had something that the other team didn't. Yeah, be true. it a stroke of luck or be it a stroke of genius. Um, so I would say that Roma deserved all three points however it was a tight encounter it was a tight encounter it's true um, and they probably did deserve the points um, Empoli had their chances they couldn't really take them exactly fair exactly exactly where are they in the in the table so Roma are currently fifth with 13 points while Empoli are 16th with four points okay the next game we're going to be covering is Bologna 2 Fiorentina 1 once again Fiorentina failing to pick up points over here so this was Luca Vigiani's first game in charge of Bologna. So he's the under-19 coach of Bologna, but he was called up to look after the team while Mihailovic obviously um, was sacked and they're currently in the process of onboarding someone else. Um, Probably Motta. They wanted... Oh yeah, they did. Is, is Motta confirmed? I think yes, pretty much. Because I know the Zerbi rejected them. Yeah. The Zerbi rejected Bologna, but I think, I think they're very close to Motta. I think some some pages were even confirming yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Vigiani, just to give you a bit of a background, he was a super average midfielder. Mm-hmm. Played a bit in Serie B, played a bit in Serie C. Ek. Okay, uh, cool. I totally you ever had a stint in Malta? <laughs> no, he didn't. Yeah. Um, Bologna lined up in a 3-5-2, so nothing really new over there with Skorupski in goal, the second best goalkeeper in the league. <laughs> <laughs> With Lukumi Medel and Posh as the back three, some names I've never seen before over there. Yeah. Cambiasso and Cassius as their two wing backs with Soriano, Schouten and Abisher in the middle, Arnautovic and Barrow up front. For Fiorentina, it was a 4-3-3 with Terracciano in goal, not Gollini. Um, Dodo, Quarta, Igor and Biragi being their back four. So once again, seeing a bit of versatility by Fiorentina. Um, Bonaventura, Amrabat and Barak in the midfield Nice midfield yeah. um, Kwame and Sotil out wide with Jovic up front Still unsure about that um, So it was Fiorentina that opened the scoring It was a stroke of genius by I know his number one fan club by Saponara Ricky Saponara Come on, Ricky! It was a, a, a gorgeous assist by him So there, the that's the moment of brilliance exactly that's the moment of brilliance that we talk about that's no, what he has no in another locker. no in the next maybe three games to score a goal then he'll disappear exactly exactly and then we will we'll be here calling him a little bit unfit but ah. a genius nonetheless <laughs> exactly <laughs> so it was genius by him 
Um, he juggled the ball around the defender and he squared it to the far post, low heart to the far post. Probably a bit lucky that no one picked it up over there, but the defense might have been lucky that the first striker didn't pick it up over there. As it was Martinez Cuarta that ended up getting at the end of it and getting his first goal this season. Martinez Cuarta is being that center back that can get a couple of goals. Eh? He puts yeah. himself in those positions. Like It's true. Bologna then equalized. Um, it was just five minutes later. Um, it was Musa Barrow that got the goal. So Igor failed to control a desperate lob by Arnautovic. It was embarrassing defending by Igor. Um, Barrow carried the ball forward, still a bit of work to do, and managed to finish past the goalkeeper, as finished past Terracciano. Um, so 1 1 at that point. And then it was only around. 13 minutes later that um, Arnautovic managed to get the lead for Bologna. This time, Quarta failed to get rid of the ball, but it seemed like he was elbowed in the head by Cassius, bro, because he went down and it looked like he got out-muscled. But in the replay, you literally see an elbow to the head and he goes down holding his head. And that's a head injury. That's when you stop play. So it was interesting because the ref saw it and he was wagging his finger like, no, he didn't do anything to you. Mm. And played on, no VAR check, no, no nothing. Um, it was then squared to Arnautovic with Terracciano scrambling and he slotted into the back of the net. Almost kind of missed, <laughs> by, by the way. <laughs> close. <laughs> to head, like, into the side, netting too close yeah. for comfort. Like, But his sixth goal of the year, yeah. at the end of the day, Massive I was... in form. Yeah, I was telling a, a Man United fan today, I was talking to Ed, and I'm like... You missed out on a on a good player, Arnold, which looks six goals. He's like, he has six goals this year. I'm like, yeah, bro. I was like, look, I can't complain right now as a United fan because <laughs> suddenly things are going well for me. But uh-huh, we could use six goals up front. Yeah. So uh-huh. don't don't be too quick to judge, guys. Um, in the 91st minute, there was a really funny moment. We're watching the game and a player is carrying the ball forward in the 96th minute for for Bologna. And the commentator goes with, and Igor is chasing him. And the commentator goes, Igor's got to be careful. He's on a yellow card. As as he finished the sentence, Igor just takes out the man completely. Just lunges at him. Gets zero ball. And he clatters the guy on the ball. The commentator was almost disappointed. He wasn't even happy he called it. Literally. Like, oh no. So Igor got sent off in the 96th minute and he had only picked up his first yellow card in the the 91st. So good to see Bologna getting some points. It was a tight match against Fiorentina, tighter than we thought it would be. We thought Fiorentina would would get the win over here. Or at least a draw. Yeah. But Bologna once again getting points when Sinisa isn't in the picture. So we saw it last year at the end of the season. Might have been motivation, obviously, because of the situation, but it might also be he's not the man doing the tactics at the end of the day. It's a second-hand man. And uh-huh, with their second-hand man, they managed to get a win against Fiorentina on the first their match. First so what do you have to say season. about that? Like Their first win of the season, bro. Mm-hmm. Um, massive display by them. Fiorentina, once again, disappointing. They really have to get their shit together. Um, yeah, not much else to say, really. Yeah, they, they lack a bit of creativity. Um, they did they did fucking try. <laughs> That's for sure. Um they were attacking quite often. They were aggressive. Um, they stole the ball a lot from Bologna. They were breaking down their play and they were managing to get forward. Um, they have options. Look, they have options in midfield. Yeah. They have options up front in every single position. 
Left mm. wing, they have a bunch of options. Right wing, a bunch of options. Striker, they have two good options, like on paper. In midfield, they have many versatile players can do different things, you know. But then at the back, they don't really have any substitutes for their starters who are... Keeping. Yeah, like like you could say they have Igor, but for example, yeah. Igor played here and he had a, he had a terrible display. Yeah, like would, I'm just seeing his rating over here, Igor, 4.1, and I know he got a red. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was also at fault for the goal. You know what I mean? He mm-hmm. failed to control the ball. So terrible display by him and... Replacing, like, if Milenkovic is injured, they have to bring this guy on. That's a significant... Yeah. That's too hard a downgrade, man. That's Even true. if Quarta's injured. Look, I, I don't mind Igor. I, I thought he had a good spell last season. He had a good season last season, to be honest with you. But um, these performances this season are really worrying. Yeah. And it's not that Milinkovic has been great. And even Martinez Cuarta has dipped a bit from that good moment he had last season. Mm-hmm. Um, so things are looking quite shaky for them at the back. Um, I'd say Birog is the only consistent one. Dodo looks good, but I think he got injured. Did he get injured? Um, he, he definitely got Yeah, he got substituted. Yeah, I, th- I think he got injured. Was it due to injury? I think so. Um, so things are looking a bit grim for them over there. Okay. Okay, and obviously they still have that weird ongoing thing with Gonzalez, where no one knows yeah. if he's injured or on or his hungover. way out or hungover. Yeah, waiting or for the cocaine overweight. to leave his system. <laughs> exactly. So we don't know. But on the other hand, a really, really good sign for a Bologna side that always deserved more than they got. And finally, they managed to get their big win and their first win of the season by beating Fiorentina 2-1. Arnautovic, once again, showing that he's the man. Um Again, Soriano, Abisher, and Schouten aren't looking too bad. Yeah. They're not looking too bad at all. They're okay. I mean, they're good players on paper. Yeah. And they, it's been a while since Soriano played well. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Um, but yeah, big win for Bologna. First match without Sinisa. And uh-huh, onwards and upwards, they, they find stand? themselves in 12th. And they are, in fact, level on points with Fiorentina, who are in 11th. Lit. So the next game was Lecce 1, Monza 1. Lecce have won their last two league games against Monza in Serie B. Um, so coming into this game, Monza were the underdog. In fact, um, Monza have not won any of their two games away to Lecce and have not scored a single goal Jesus. in any of those games. Okay. Listen to this stat. Mm. Lecce have both the player with the most clearances in Serie A this season. Uh-huh. Federico Baschirotto uh-huh. and the player with the most tackles so far this season um, Morten Humeland okay. and they also have Umtiti on the bench <laughs> so they're looking pretty good huh? yeah Lecce, looking, defensively at least they're looking decent so Lecce lined up with uh, Falcone and Goal Petzella on the left and Jondri on the right with Baschirotto and Pongracic at the back Bistrovic, Humeland and Helgeson in the midfield, Banda on the left and Di Francesco on the right with Cisse up front. While Monza lined up with a 3-5-2 formation with Di Gregorio on goal, Santos, Mari and Itzo at the back, Birindelli on the right, Carlos Augusto on the left, Sensi, Rovella and Pessina in the middle, Caprari and Mota up front. That's a good team. Like hard to... Hard to label these guys as the underdogs. How many have Pessina, Rovella, Sensi, midfield, Caprari? But then you watch them play together. (laughs) Then then you watch them and they're terrible. Mm -hmm. Honestly, like even their goal came from a free kick. But that is is some midfielder. Yeah. 
It really is Birindelli Pessina Rovella Sensi Augusto. <laughs> then Caprari and Mota up front. Hey, and they have Petania on the bench. But anyway, in the 35th minute, Stefano Sensi scored a wonderful curled free kick. It was one of our top fours. Top it four was our top one, week. in fact. It was. Ah, you're right. Oh my God, it was our best one. <laughs> <laughs> wow, it's getting late. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, Sensi scored our goal of the week this game. Hype, hype, hype. Amazing goal. Okay, hopefully he can stay fit and continue this form. Yeah. In the 48th minute, Juan Gonzalez scored a good work by Cissé to force Di Gregorio into a save. Di Gregorio found himself on the floor and there wasn't anything he could do about it as the ball fell to Gonzalez, who scored. Um, funny, shortly after this, there was a cooling break that was mistaken for a penalty. <laughs> what? Yeah, there was a cooling break. The ref whistled for a cooling break and everyone thought he whistled for a penalty. And oh there was a bit of chaos. Um, also, about the Roma game, I forgot to tell you, bro. Uh-huh. Um, when Abraham scored, a fan ran onto the pitch and I celebrated saw. with him. Ah, uh-huh. I saw okay. that. Okay. Saw that. Um, amazing saves, bro, by Di Gregorio, especially right after the schooling break was mistaken for a penalty. He had an amazing save on a header. And then shortly after, another one on Colombo. Two amazing top tier saves. Like, I, I mm. can't see um, Cranio starting anytime soon, not to be honest with you. Hey, man, but then you watch Cranio play and. Hey, Cranio is amazing, but Di Gregorio is not a joke. No, he's not a joke. He's not a joke. Yeah. Um, in the... Well, in the... At the end of the game, bro, uh, this was basically Monza's first point in Serie A this yeah. season. So, as a reward for his efforts, Giovanni Stroppa has been sacked. <laughs> <laughs> he's been I think sacked. it's like you have to get three points against Lecce. Yeah, so. exactly. They, that's the thing. I think that Berlusconi and Galliani look at this team that they've built and this team that they've brought up from the bottom of the bottom, like, you know? Yeah. And they're like, we want to stay here. We want to fight in this league. We're exactly. not a team. We're not relegation candidates. That's what they think of themselves. Yeah. So and to be honest, like, I quite fuck. agree with the yes. with the decision. It's man. a good approach. Better now than to ride it. Exactly. I mean, Why go on until January? You would have lost half of a season of points. Like It sounds harsh, but the guy is there because... <sighs> He got them promoted, but he got them promoted through the playoffs. It's not like he got them promoted convincingly. Out exactly. Of Serie, you know, exactly. And they had a good team. It was a bit of a miracle. Like. It was exactly. It was a fucking hassle for them. They had to play Pisa a lot of regular scoring left, right, literally. and center. And I believe they didn't win once against Pisa. <laughs> yeah. There was some weird technicality like that put them through. I think that was them. Yeah, probably. Um, no, I think that was Pisa actually. Against Benevento. Yeah, Pisa Benevento. Pisa Benevento. Exactly. Yeah. It was no surprise, bro, that Stroppa was sacked um, because on Monday, <laughs> Berlusconi, in an interview, literally said that um, he'd have to fix Monza's tactical issues personally. Okay. So <laughs> this guy's saying, like, the coach is so bad, I need to fix this myself. Like, exactly. It must be terrible to work under him when things aren't going well. Hey, man. Yeah, and now he's looking to yeah. he's looking to onboard. I think they're, they're linked with Donadoni. Yeah, and Ranieri. And Ranieri. So he's looking to get yeah. the old boys. Like, you know what I mean? He's an old boy. He wants to get one of the old boys. Ranieri would be an amazing signing for them. Hey. Um, it's hard to see him getting relegated, man. But uh, we'll, need to, we'll need to wait and see. A former happens. Juventus winger is currently in charge of Monza. His name is Paladino. Um, he will be in charge of, in their upcoming fixture against Juventus. Oh, wow. Baptism of fire for him. Let's see, let's see. And apparently he's being considered for the role as well. Okay. So if he does well, he manages to get points against yeah. Juve. That's a 
that's a good way to to make your mark. The main thing I took from this game, bro, was that Banda is a very good player and he's their main offensive outlet. Banda, uh huh. Banda has looked pretty decent. Man, he looks them. really good. Um, he creates most of the moves, and Cisse links up well with him. And you know, having De Francesco on the other side isn't a bad option as well. Although he didn't have a particularly amazing game over here. Uh huh. So let's have a decent team. Uh, they Do have you... good options up front, good options at the back. I think they're they're pretty solid. Uh huh. Do you think that Cisse should be starting ahead of Colombo? I think Cisse. Yes, Cisse looks better when he plays. Um, Colombo deserves minutes, but I think right now Cisse deserves to start. Um, if Colombo scores a few, it's literally who starts scoring, man. I think you start. Yeah, like if Colombo like starts coming off the bench. Cabral kind yeah, of, exactly. Kind of thing. Well, yeah. <laughs> exactly the same as that. <laughs> exactly the same, and Cancellieri dribbles like Leo. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Nice, That's it, bro. Yeah, I think I think we've got that game covered. Please tell us where they are. Ah, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, Monza are twentieth with one point, one hard-earned point. <laughs> Lecce are seventeenth with three points. Go on, Lecce. I like Lecce. I want to have them in the league. Me too, man. Milan have had some thrillers against Lecce with that Yepes goal yeah. at the end. Oh my Some Nocerino hat trick, I think. Boateng, bro. Ah, uh, the Boateng hat trick. the fucking bench. Who's who was not Tririno's hat trick against? Um, I don't know, but I'm gonna check because I'm so curious. Uh -huh. In the meantime, you can entertain the listeners. Exactly, not Tririno was. It's hard to describe not Tririno. He had a great work ethic, and he was an all rounder. He wasn't particularly extraordinary in many areas, but. For a player that used to break down play a lot, he had quite a magical touch about him when you come to think of it. And he was a good passer of the ball and he used yeah. to go forward well. So he was a real all-rounder, man. He was, man. And he was a product of Zlatan. Mm. He was good when Zlatan was there. When Zlatan left, he dipped. Exactly. You know, Zlatan came and made Boateng and like Nocerino into these amazing players. Yeah, and, and he had competition in that role, he bro. Did. It was against Parma, his hat-trick, by the way. Against Parma? Yeah. Nice. I really like Nocturne. You know, mm -hmm. Then he had gone to West Ham, I think, and he never really yes. played, man. That was the situation with Nocturne, you know? But yes, that is a a nice way to end things off, talking about Nocturne. You know? <laughs> what a guy. <laughs> who would have thought? Thank you for listening. If you've listened this far, guys, let us know um, your feedback on... Seria spotlight slips because soon we'll be launching how we're going to make our money back. We'll probably input 20 euro back in and we'll try build our way up. Yeah, two euro on crazy slips. Exactly. So yeah, thank you for tuning in. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and do I have another platform? Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, bro. And TikTok. <laughs> Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok and Please drop us a rating wherever you are. Don't have to give us a five, be honest. But yeah, drop us drop us a rating. It'll be nice. Yeah. My dog just fell on me. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Tell the listeners bye, dude. Thank you very much for listening, guys. We love you. We love you. Ciao, ciao.